0: Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to The Village. Welcome to this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective, and I am so excited because I am interviewing Hong Bauer today. And she and I have known each other for quite a few years and have had some similar journeys, but she is just an incredible human being. And I know you are going to get such great things out of our conversation today. And so let me do a quick bio for her so you know who she is, and then we're going to jump right in. So Hong Bauer is the CEO and co-founder of Ethos Consulting LC. And she leads the firm's executive search and talent management practice. Clients have called upon Hong for help in the areas of organizational design and restructure, succession planning, executive search, recruiting process, outsourcing management, assessment of leaders, culture and engagement strategies. She serves a diverse group of clients comprised of Fortune 500, mid-cap and emerging growth companies across multiple industries. Hung is passionate about creating effective, diverse, and collaborative teams to drive engagement and retention for her clients. She also serves on the board of directors for Houston's nonprofit Human Resources Leadership Network, which was founded in 2017. And it is focused on information sharing and development for the top human resources leaders in Houston. Hung, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Rutledge Perspective. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Laurel. It's a pleasure. This is going to be fantastic. And so one Beautiful. of the reasons, <laughs> one of the reasons <laughs> that I'm so excited is Hong and I met, oh my gosh, I don't know. It was what, eight years 2014? ago? Yeah, yes. something Long, crazy. Seven, Six yes, years seven, ago. Yes. Yeah. And so we met and um, we were both kind of in this, we were both still in corporate, but kind of in that mm-hmm. process of saying, uh, <laughs> this is really where we want to be and you know working for somebody else and does this make sense and we had lunch and then we had lunch again and then we started talking about you know how do we get people together who are really in this space with us this high you know level executive space and we started talking about this hrln thing and so we have just really stayed connected and you find those people over time that are just like just in your space they just get you and they get it and so Hong is one of those people so Let's talk, Hong. Tell people a little bit more about Ethos Consulting and and what you're doing and how that came about. Oh, absolutely. So Ethos Consulting, LC, we help
1: clients in all areas of talent management. And I get a lot of questions about what does talent management mean, Hong? So in the last two years that we've been open and functioning, probably 90% of our work has been on executive recruitment, Mm -hmm. but executive recruitment full cycle also means all of the restructuring, all of the M&A work, all of the who is going to be the best leader in the future for us. So it's looking at the company as a whole and then figuring out what do they need for future state, much less about okay, I've got this role and what are you going to, you know, go find some great people. Yes, but we have our fair share of that too, but we gravitate towards the clients that really need our help in, okay, future state, diversity, inclusion, they're just as passionate as we are. And what I mean by diversity inclusion is making sure that they really, really understand inclusion is not just get someone in here, Hong, that meets a certain quota. Um, We don't work in that space. It's much more about that thought leadership and future progressive leaders that truly believe in different perspectives Mm -hmm. and different, you know, experiences that make up a great leadership team that then makes up a, a great company. So that's what we've been focusing on. And then, you know, covid 19 hit in March of 2020. <laughs> yes. And you know, now we're about 90% consulting and 10% executive search, but we help companies when they are going through major changes.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's yeah. where, you know, I think we have to dig deep, right? And so as you, as you have built this business and really focused on yes, the consulting piece, but really helping clients, you know, find that right person and how you guys are defining diversity The thing that I think people don't often understand about executive search and really great executive search people and people who are that combination of consultant and executive search person is what does it really mean to Mm -hmm. find the right person? And those conversations, those hard conversations you sometimes have to have with people about who they say they want and who is really the right person for them and for their organization. Absolutely. Sometimes they don't even know, right? Well, they're saying right.
1: one thing and then they say, well, hon, you know what I mean by great leadership. And I said, I have worked with so many different clients, 250 plus, tell mm-hmm. me what you think great leadership is. And then the conversation evolves and there's a lot of pushback and there's a lot of, okay, well, that was back in 1990. <laughs> and so now we're <laughs> now we're right. here in year 2020. Right? You know, there's a lot of that and I love the clients who really understand and want it, even if they're aspirational, right? They mm-hmm. want to get there, wherever there is. They're like, oh, I don't want to be stuck in the nineties. Right? right. Right. Tell me what you've seen and tell me what best practices are. So those are the, those are the best, even if they're aspirational, they they absolutely understand who they are right? and they're self-aware, you know? Right. Right.
0: And I really think, you know, it's, it's important that people are, get clear on what they really want. Right. So you and I've talked about that is, and I talk about that with my folks all the time is until you know, you know, who you are, where you're trying to go, how do you know what people you need? And so Mm -hmm. getting organizations (laughs) to take the time to have that conversation, right. To, to just pause and think about what it is you want and what you need.
1: And, and they try, right? They're going 100 miles a minute. And then when you stop and ask them a question of, okay, what does culture really look like at your company? Because it can't mm-hmm. just be blamed on a company. You can't say, oh, the company culture is da, 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 da. Well, it's made up of people. The company is made up of people. So who, what do you stand for? What do right. you want this to be? And then they're like, nobody's ever asked me that before. You know, we just <laughs> right. go, 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 go. So yeah, you can hardly even... Blame them because they don't have the chief culture officer, or they may not be right. big enough to have a chief people officer. But they've got human resources, right? You know, but they may not have that culture and engagement piece that's so
0: important, right? For, for each of the companies, right? Well, and let's let's talk about let's talk about that a little bit because I just had someone ask me yesterday about. Um, you know hr and they how what they thought about hr and that hr isn't really helpful and all this kind of stuff and you know i walked them through this whole background of you got to remember that hr has a lot of just tactical stuff where there's no there's no you know thank thanking you just for getting people's <laughs> payroll right right you, you know that's right. not what happens We're you better get it right yes you <laughs> better get it right but there's the other piece that one hr can be really really lonely because there's so much stuff we know that we can't tell other people. But there's also Mm -hmm. this misconception, right? That HR owns culture and HR owns how you treat people. And that's not the case. HR owns helping the organization understand where their actions and their words are incongruent, right? And then holding them accountable to make the difference. So talk to people a little bit, one, Talk about your journey and how you got into HR, and then let's talk a little bit deeper about what that really means and how you really help to guide organizations to get where they need to be. Absolutely. So with my journey, I started in HR
1: probably 10 years of employee relations. What I thought was employee relations was investigations, harassment claims. I mean, I did 10 years of hard, I would say, asking people the hard questions, quote, holding people accountable for their behaviors. And spent 10 years doing that at a really great company and then realized, you know, fast forward another 15 years and realized that employee relations means engagement.
0: And that's Mm -hmm. only
1: one part of the, the, I would say the equation of employee engagement is holding people accountable. But then what do we do with the talent side? What do we do with the people who are really, really knocking it out of the ballpark? So My journey with HR started after there was, you know, no kidding, there was an explosion on University of Texas campus, one of the Mm -hmm. chemistry labs, and I'd gone there because my mother passed away when I was 15 of breast Mm -hmm. cancer, and I thought, I'm going to become a scientist, and I will help find a cure for cancer. Right. Well, I was alone in that lab checking on my Petri dishes, and there was really no way out, and I thought, okay, this is a sign this is yes. definitely a sign, Hong. You really need people, not Petri dishes. And yes. so I do help in other ways with, you know, helping mm-hmm. with Susan did you come in and whatnot. But then I started talking to my sister who is a year older. She's also in HR. She's my mentor. And because my mom had passed away so young, she was basically my mom and she was mm-hmm. doing her master's degree at, you know, university of Houston, Clear Lake and said, this is really your profession and you should come check this out and, you know, moved back to Houston from Austin. And from there, all of my corporate roles Mm -hmm. have all been very, I feel so fortunate because they've been so, I would say, HR future friendly and progressive Mm -hmm. and always felt ahead of the curve from, you know, Luxottica retail to Brinker international. And so all throughout my journey, I intentionally made decisions of, okay, I don't know that piece of Mm -hmm. the human capital strategy. I have to go learn that. Mm -hmm. Whether it was running, you know, learning and development or whether it was being the chairperson for diversity or, you know, and and. So after the 10 years of employee relations, I thought I really have to get a broader scope to be able to learn what this whole strategy of people is Mm -hmm. all about. Mm -hmm. So each job that I've taken really took me into like, okay, here's the next thing you're going to learn and the next thing you're going to learn Right. And then when you and I started talking back in 2014, it was, okay, I've learned everything. And now I figured out that a lot of my job is handling kind of the, I would say the feelings of corporate and, you know, the executives and there's a place and there's someone who is really, really good at that. And I recognize I wasn't, um, I, I didn't, you know, I got to the point where, you know, battling the day-to-day battles yes. and all the workforce planning and everything didn't, um, get me out of bed and i was you know wasn't all
0: excited right. and
1: then i had to do my really hard conversation with myself the same one you had with me in that lunch booth where you mm-hmm. said okay well what excites you and what really gets you motivated and right. the passion of finding really strong matches between people and companies it's just there's nothing like it for me um right. it, it's definitely a passion so that's why ethos consulting after spending some time in large firms, small firms. Um, We chose to open up Ethos Consulting because we want to work with our clients the way we want to work with our clients, you know, whether, you know, they're just starting out or whether they're, you know, Fortune 50, um, there's definitely a place where we can help them if they, if they truly want strong leadership in in any functional area.
0: Mm -hmm. So that leads Mm -hmm. us to current day. (laughs) <laughs> well, and, and I think there are a couple of things that you said, though, that are really important. Number one, you know, starting off as a chemistry major, you know, for good mm-hmm. heart-led reasons. I started out as a physics major. So see, people, this is why Han and I are lying. <laughs> this is why we That's get along. Right. That's started out <laughs> as a physics major, but then that realization that mm, may, maybe not, right? Maybe this is not where my true gifts lie. And then actually, even after having a really long career in corporate, a really long career, making sure that you're doing what, you know, you're supposed to do and what you've been trained to do and what we are kind of taught is the right thing to do, right. To keep doing that job, to have the, um, the wherewithal to really say, "Mm, but it still doesn't feel right. It still doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right. And have the, have the, the heart, right. And the courage to try to do something different. That's, that's the thing I think is important. Thank you because you did the same and it was,
1: it's a really hard conversation to have with yourself, especially when you are so, we grew up as you're, you are service to others, absolutely a service to others. And so quitting your job at the height of it feels really scary, right? You have to save and you have to, you know, be really, really mindful of how you spend your money in order to be able to do this. So, yeah, that's definitely part of the journey. It's not, it wasn't easy. Right. I mean, it, it sounds easy now looking back, but it definitely wasn't easy, especially in the moment. Right. Uh, am I really thinking about doing this?
0: Right. Yeah. exactly. And, and that whole, all those people around you who I think have, have best intentions, but are like, are you crazy? <laughs> what are yes. you doing? Are you and the what do you fear mean you're leaving? that they had? Yes. Right,
1: Laurel? The fear yes. that they had projected upon you. Like, yes. oh my gosh, you're giving up your
0: salary. You know, like, yes. why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> are you insane? You're giving up your yes. salary. You're giving up your position. You mean all these people know you? Are you nuts? And yet. They all need you. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. But that strength is really. It's important to, to sit in that and, and know that you are doing what you need to do to be the best you, you know, and, business, and sometimes yeah. that means following a vision that no one else sees. It's like Lisa Nichols says, don't be upset when someone else doesn't see your vision because God gave it to you, not to them. Right. So it's really, it's love difficult. <laughs> it's difficult because these are also people who, who love you and who you love. And you're like, wait a minute. What do you mean? You don't have my back. What's going on? Right. So, so it's like, hard. Why don't you love this? Why don't why? you love this as much as I do? Exactly. Yeah. Why aren't you as excited? So tell me, yeah. tell me, um, you know, as you've, as you've kind of moved through this and you've really gotten solid in here's what makes my soul sing, right. It makes my soul sing. Mm-hmm. To, um, to really match people, to match people yeah. and, and to, to have the right people in the right job with the right leader. What has been the biggest surprise in your journey?
1: This is a hard question. The biggest surprise in my journey, every time I work with a client and we're coming up with the 52 things that they think they want and need. And it all comes down to connection. It all comes down to okay, this is the person I would actually build my business with. This is mm-hmm. actually the person because you could have you could have probably ten amazing executives, amazing people sitting in front of you, and then having to fit that corporate culture and then the future state of that culture. I would say, that surprise of probably ninety percent culture fit. the skills, because you have to have the skills to even be considered. Right. That surprise ties with my other gender surprise of, I could be talking to a group of females, Mm -hmm. each one-on-one, of course, Mm -hmm. and she will tell me all the things that she cannot do on that list. Yes. Um, I cannot do this one or two yes. things. I'm like, but there's fifty bullets there. Right. You can do, right. it completely. you know, you can do fifty out of the fifty-two. Yes. And then when I'm talking to my group, my candidates who are males you know, they are so, and I hate to generalize, but this is my experience over 20 years of doing this. They're confident. They're saying, Hong, I can contribute here, here, and here. So the lens is much more confident about here are the things I can do for that company Mm -hmm. and much less Mm -hmm. about discounting themselves. So that was probably the, those two surprises, those aha moments were, Mm -hmm. okay, my role is not just matching companies, but also a lot of counseling women yes. on how to be really confident in themselves and how to articulate what they can do, yes. rather than Hong, I can't do those two things. It says right. I need X, Y, and Z, you know, Ugh.
0: so those have been the two surprises. <laughs> And it's 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 funny that you say that because there was an, a Harvard Business Review article that came out today that talked about that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put that on my on my oh. social media and I'll send it to you. Um, okay. And, and I Thank had you. those same conversations right with women to say, look, if there's if there is a guy that comes to this this role they're going to tell the hiring manager everything that can do, they can do and how they can do this job. Whereas women are like, well, I can do these things, but you know, I've never done this before. And I'm not sure. (laughs) And Stop it. Right. Not only from the standpoint of right now, right now, immediately stop it. Right. (laughs) So not not only from the standpoint of the job description, most of the job descriptions are really bad. Anyway, they're just bad. And they're like a kitchen sink of stuff they want people to do. And they may or may not even be relevant (laughs) things. So, don't try to just, just do everything that's on the job description. But what you do want to do is start thinking about what have you done that transfers to the thing they say they want? Because most of the time they don't even know what they want. They're just putting stuff on the job description. Absolutely. So well how said. do we get people to do that, right? So, so as, you, as you think about those with those big ahas, and it, this kind of goes the same way that, that the biggest surprise is as you counseled these women in particular, And even some men to be, okay, it's one thing to be confident, but you also got to be honest. If you really haven't done this thing that's critical, you know, come on now. But what has been your most significant learning in in talking with candidates? So, and I'll ask you the same thing about companies, but in talking with candidates, both, hey, this is really a good thing for you. But even on the opposite side of that, this is just not a role that, or a company Mm -hmm. that would be a good fit for you, even though you say you want it. What's been your most significant learning in having those conversations? I think you nailed it right there. The
1: most significant learning is being able to push back or be that confidant to them where there is no hidden agenda, right? Mm -hmm. We are trying to find the best fit for you personally as a person and as a candidate and for your family. So Mm -hmm. we get into a lot of conversations about here's the family dynamic, here's the commute, here's the benefits, here's Everything under the sun that I'm saving for, such as two tuitions or not, mm-hmm. I mean we get into some significant conversations about their lives. Probably the biggest significant learning about people is that most of most people are scared. They're mm-hmm. scared to make the leap. And so being able to push and prod without sounding at all. Salesy, I mean, it's all mm-hmm. in the best interest of them. Right. And they know that from the beginning. But then how do how do you get them to actually take the leap? Right. Mm-hmm. That's much harder than it looks because all these articles out there say 80% of people are disgruntled in their jobs. Right. But right. that does not mean they want to move. Right. 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 So the most significant learning is understanding people are mostly just scared of the change. Mm-hmm. And then how how to combat that? Even when talking to companies and, you know, mm-hmm. companies are made up of people talking with right. the executives of the company to say, Hey, I know you're really interested in Laurel, but it will take longer than two conversations to get her exactly. to come join you. you right. So <laughs> right. The, the fear of change is real, yes. you know? And so if you discount that you're, you won't, you could lose out on a great match. Absolutely. significant. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And, can, and, and, and listeners, I, there's some really key things that Hung just said in that, in that statement, in that that fear of movement is real. It is so much easier. It's like the enemy you know, right? I am miserable yeah. where I yeah. am, but at least I know where the crazy is here, right? I know yeah. who to avoid. I know I what meetings not out. to go to. Exactly. I figured out how to navigate it. I am miserable, but I figured out how to navigate it. And so, And it's okay to feel that. That's valid. That is valid. That is because it's hard to make a change. And if you truly are sitting in misery, don't let any organization, any organization, or let yourself lead you to believe you don't have a choice, right? Because organizations will make you think you don't have a choice.
1: That's probably the, that's a great segue into the significant learning of companies, even if they're, you know, The chips are down for the employee. They do have choices, and so a lot of the conversations I have with companies are: you do realize there's not a line outside the door, knocking down the door to come work for you. And they're like, "Why not? Of course there is. There can be a thousand people that are really interested in me." And I'm like, "Well, there really isn't. Here's the market intelligence, Mm -hmm. and we use a lot of data Mm -hmm. at Ethos. Here's the market intelligence. Here's what people are actually saying Mm -hmm. about you and your company. I think those." are probably the biggest aha moments for me for companies where they mm-hmm. truly, truly believe that well, you just open the doors and people come and it right. isn't, it takes way more than that right now from a human perspective for someone to be attracted to your company, to want mm-hmm. to stay, to work. How many hours do you spend at work? Oh, way more exactly. hours than
0: you spend at home, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, and that's, that's a thing. great segue into those significant learnings. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of like, this is not field of dreams, right? You don't build it and they will come. <laughs> There's some, there is some some work you got to do, right? To get people I'm to say, I'm feeling that yes. one, Laurel. Right, <laughs> <stealing that> one. <laughs> Have at it, right? It's just really, this that just kind of hit me in dreams. the moment. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not. Like, <laughs> <right? laughs> well, and I think, but I think what you said is so critical is that especially when someone is trying to attract someone away from a job they already have, even if they're miserable, yeah. even if they're miserable, you are trying to get them over the fence of making a decision to change. You went to them, not the other way around. Right? That's right. That's it is right. Not, you can't just assume because you're a nice person and because your company has name recognition. And that's why, you know, especially now with social media, you know, glass door can crater your t- your talent search. Crater it absolutely. You know absolutely social media, Twitter, all those things. You may be thinking everything is great, and you're saying everything is great, but you've got 500 people online saying, "Uh-uh," and <laughs> do yes. they do not go there. Yes, have
1: done their research. I mean, yes. most
0: candidates nowadays have come in and said, "I know
1: all about this company." Hong, did you know? Da 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 da. You know, mm-hmm. so those are some those are some
0: crazy conversations. <laughs> they are, and and yet. I think it also puts us in a whole different position where, as you said, really then talking to someone, if they have done that kind of research, this is something that they are considering. That makes that conversation you have with them about about change, about what's really important for their life, about why they're really thinking about making this move, about what their concerns are. That makes it so much easier for you too, as someone who is really trying to make this match, you know, matching companies to talent to really understand when you know your client, because I know you, I've known you so long. That I, there are, yes. that's one of the, the key pieces of your success is that you are just as invested in learning who your client is, your company client, as you are in who your talent person is, because they yeah. don't always know where their weaknesses are. And so your ability to know that and understand it and then bring it to them with the utmost respect and the utmost integrity, but with that ability to be candid, because at the end of the day, yes, you can go pay $300,000 for that engineer that's going to stay three months, three Mm -hmm. months, because of this, 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 and this, right? Because something didn't align. And so we definitely need to root that out. We Mm
1: -hmm. want it to be a great match. I mean, yes, we always say forever, but it won't be forever. But right right now, if the spouse conversation is hard, you're not just mm-hmm. getting them to move. They're usually talking to their partners. Right. They're usually talking to their children. You know, a lot of this, I would say, executive recruiting and matching is all about self-awareness and communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's both, really important. Both parties.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's that. And that to me is what's key. So, so listeners, as you think about even career changes that you're making, even even if you do not have a partner, or maybe you're a single parent, or it's just you, and it's you and your dog, right? Don't take right. lightly what Hong is saying about the considerations for your entire life package, your entire life situation, as you are trying to decide on whether or not you're going to move, and if you are, and I say move not only physically, but also you know mentally and emotionally to another company, if you're going to make exactly. a change, but- but how, how are you gonna make that change? What change is worth it? Or are you just needing to make a change in the organization you're in for now until you're right. really ready to move? And so it is really important as you guys listen to this and what Hong is telling you is that you've got to get really clear. So companies need to get clear on what they want and who they are and, and the people that really are gonna fit for them, but candidates, and those of you who are really managing your career and moving through your career, you got to get clear on who you are and what you want and what you are willing to give up or walk away from. Yep. What are your true, you know, these, these are the things that are deal breakers.
1: Exactly. Well said, because many people won't, or not intentionally, they just haven't had that very real mm-hmm. look at their life, at their needs. And then... To layer on top of that, the market intelligence, right? To Mm -hmm. say, okay, what's going on in the market right now? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's moving to make that move for the next five years. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not, okay, I'll move to Portland, Oregon for you right now. And the reason why is because it really works for my situation with my dog. I'm a dog mom, rescue dogs. You know, even if you don't have a partner, but there's a lot of considerations where people aren't as honest with themselves, mm-hmm. and then they get into it, and they're like, okay, I really thought I wanted this, but really I need more of exactly. the freedom, freedom to do what I need to do, start a family,
0: or mm-hmm. rescue more dogs, or mm-hmm. start a dog <laughs> ranch, you know, whatever, whatever that right. dream is, right. are you working towards it? Right. And so what would you tell people, Hong, who, who are really not on the company side, because we can continue to work with them and you'll get good ones, you'll get bad ones, but you you know, Mm -hmm. but what do you tell individuals? What is your key piece of guidance to individuals who are either considering moving or who have been reached out to by someone to potentially look at an opportunity? What are kind of the, the key pieces that you would say they should really consider and think through before they even get on a call with someone like you?
1: I would say the number one thing I've said, I would say the last three years have really heightened this to really be human with yourself. Mm -hmm. That self-care is so important with yourself. Let yourself get all of the struggles out. Let yourself look at what's really hard and what's really, you know, what speaks to your soul and Mm -hmm. what motivates you and then what demotivates you. So absolutely do that self-assessment. Even if it's for the here and now, You know, We have to do it periodically, but definitely be honest with yourself. And then from there, make sure you're being human to the market. I think Mm. this part is a little bit lost on both parties. Both parties are guilty where, hey, so-and-so called me and I'm not calling them back because I'm not ready to make a change.
0: Well, Mm. at least
1: thank them for thinking of you. At least ask them how you can help them. Right. Um, there are a lot of business owners who say, Hong, I really want to make the jump, but I don't want to do networking. I don't want to do sales. And how do you get over it? Because mm-hmm. I'm a closet introvert. Right. I, I say me to them, too. I used to, yes, Both. that's why you and I right? you know, are on the same wavelength. But when that switch was turned for me, where I said, okay, every single conversation, every call, every quote, networking event, every conversation is going to be about them. How am I going to help them? What do they need right now? And so it no longer was scary at all. I can walk into any room and think, what am I going to do to help them? Maybe Mm -hmm. I can't help them, but I will help connect them to someone who can help them. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer go and ask for something or go and tell them about your business or do your elevator pitch. There was so much about that elevator pitch. So I'm like, I can't do one to save my life. So what am I going to do? I'm, I know <laughs> we are going to get in there, figure out what they need and then help them. So be, don't lose that human perspective and just being human with yourself
0: too, throughout mm-hmm. this journey. Mm-hmm. And folks, what you just heard is the definition of servant leadership, the definition yeah. of servant leadership. She walks into every event thinking, how can I help them? That's what that means. And you're right, Hong, it's the same thing. I have to really tell myself when I make a call, when I get ready to do an event, when I'm trying to figure out how to do a launch, I just had this conversation with one of my business coaches. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I hate selling and asking for money and all this kind of stuff. And not only my coach, but some of my colleagues in my mastermind were like, Laurel, do you realize that when you do not offer your services, you are not giving people who need you an opportunity to find you. That's and there right. are people who need you. And so when you, when I think about it in that context that I am not, I am not for everybody. I'm not trying to do work for everybody because everybody doesn't need me. But it is Mm -hmm. so important to me before I leave this earth that I am serving those people who do need me. And in order to do that, I got to be out there, you know? Yes. And it's hard. Well it said. Hard. Well it said. is hard. Well, I tell you what, Hong. I I am just uh, one. So this was our first interview. But we're gonna have to have multiple. So I'm just letting you know now. <laughs> yeah. And and, 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 and listeners, I say that because she's just like me. There's a reason we're not doing this on video, right? <laughs> so we're That's doing right. it now. Right. So but we're gonna we're gonna do this again because there is so much in Hong's story as well about being honest with yourself about what you love and what where your skills are and even even though i'm still fascinated by physics right i am not a physicist that is not where i needed to be <laughs> and and owning that right and being okay with stepping into who you are and and how that really does free up the world for you it completely frees up the world for you to be able to step into the best you and not that it's not going to be hard and not that it's not going to be you know there won't be times that you're like I think I've lost my mind, but those things will happen. But if you are in your zone, if you're in your zone of genius, if you are doing that thing that truly uses your skills and your abilities, those times are fewer, will get fewer and far between. And they will also not be as big a dip as they used to be when you weren't sitting in your space, right? Where you're supposed to be. So Hong, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your time today, for sharing with everybody, um, for being an example of what it means to serve and for giving people some ideas around being really clear on what they want. And and I think a key piece people too to take away is like she said, somebody reaches out to you, don't just sit and say, oh, I'm not interested, so I'm not gonna call you back. What can you do for them? Because that is an opportunity to build a relationship. And it's all about relationships, right? long-standing relationships, high-trust relationships. we'll talk about that next time. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's perfect. High-trust relationships. So stay tuned, folks. We're going to get that on the books so we can talk about what a high-trust relationship means. Because especially in this day and age, it's a little weird now because we're going through this whole COVID thing. But we are going to come out of this. We are going to have very low unemployment again. All of that stuff is going to happen again. And when you're really looking, it's about relationships. It's not just about applying on whatever platform. It's about relationships, not only who you know, but who knows you, who knows you that can be comfortable and excited about putting you forward. That is really, really important. So stay tuned. We will do Hong Bauer 2.0 soon. So thank you thank for being you. on Hong. I appreciate it. Oh, how can people get in touch with you? Companies that are listening or individuals that are listening, how can they get in touch with you?
1: They can call me 281-222-8967, call, text, and then also my email,
0: hbauer at ethospractice.com. Perfect. I love that. She is, guys, you will, you will be so pleased and, and you will leave a conversation with Hong feeling like you're walking on cloud nine. I'm just telling you, haven't been there. Aww. So thank you for joining and we will see you on the next episode of The Brothers Perspective. Take care. Thank you so much. Take care. You have been listening to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com podcast. And you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from The Rutledge Perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.